Hello, packed house. This is awesome, y'all. Hey, look, real quick, grab your bulletin, and in there on the top line, there's a number sign and a blank. I want you to write a number, 1 through 10. If you don't have your bulletin, it's okay. You can just keep one in your mind. Don't tell your neighbor. I'll give you a minute. Get it locked in there good. When you got it, look up here at me. Seven! And it, yes! I knew I would get one right. Look, that had nothing to do with a sermon. But anyway, my name is Adam. And, all right, is that better? Thank you. My name is Adam. And welcome. We're so glad you're here. I'm pumped about an opportunity to talk about Jesus. If you want to help me out, you can do so. Amen, hallelujah, boo me off stage, whatever you see fit, okay? Whatever it is. If you don't have a Bible, no big deal. We'll have the scripture up on the screen behind me. Um, And if you need a Bible, there's some lovely black ones in the pew in front of you. Like I'm talking, if you need one at home, take it with you. We don't care. Now, there might be some people in this church that's been here a long time. But that's all right. Take that Bible with you. All right. This parable we're going to be looking at today is in Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. The title of it is The Unforgiving Servant. Now, it's probably already made a few of you uncomfortable. It did me when I read it. Will you pray with me, please? Dear God, it's you and it's your glory and you are the one we're here to worship. I just ask right now that you speak to us and teach us in a way that only you can, dear God. Just bless this time that we have to worship you. It's in your holy name. Now, has anybody ever wronged you before? Like, maybe done something to where it, I don't know, it just messed with your mind a little bit. Kind of like I just didn't say amen. And some of you still jacked up about it. Or going back to those Bibles again, those Bibles I gave away. Man, you are still just going wacko about me giving away that Bible. It's no big deal. You can replace it. You can buy one if somebody takes it. It's no big deal. Now, I'm not really talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about something unforgivable. Something that maybe you kind of want to forgive somebody, but you just can't find it in your heart. They don't, they don't deserve your forgiveness. And you just are not willing to show them any grace. That's kind of what we're looking at here in this parable today. You see, we're going to see a servant who received a huge forgiveness, but he was unwilling to extend a small forgiveness. We'll start in verse 21. Matthew chapter 18, it's the first book in the New Testament. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus said, no, fool. I'm just joking. He really didn't say that part. Now look, Peter thought he was being generous by saying seven times. You know why? Because the rabbis at the time taught that three times was enough. I kind of get that. I got to be honest with you. If you lie to me three times, I'm probably going to write you off. You know, we all kind of do that. So he was being, he thought he was being generous. Let's see what Jesus says about it. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now translated, that is seven times 70, which is the title of this message. That equals 490 times. It is beyond safe to say I've never forgiven some individual 490 times. I mean, 
that's obviously a huge number. I think it's safe to say if you had forgiven somebody that many times, you probably got the problem worked out by that point. Wouldn't you agree? Now, I got to go ahead and throw this in here. I've been forgiven that many times. It's actually probably more like about 49,000 times that my Heavenly Father has forgiven me. I want to uh, let you know that the parable that Jesus is teaching to Peter starts right here in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like the king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell to his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. That's probably what's on the screen right now. That's probably my favorite verse. Check that out again. Read it one more time. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. That's the, the next part in your notes there. We got a little fill in the blank. And I want you to see through the king having pity on him, he forgave from his heart. That's what will be in your notes. Forgive from your heart. I got to tell you this. That servant, I think he's a liar. And I'll tell you why. Push back a little bit, Adam, why are you saying that about the Bible? But here's why I'm saying that. It was a desperate cry. He said, oh, King, don't take my family. Don't take my wife. Don't take my Ferrari. And he's begging him not to do this. You see, it was a desperate cry for him not to lose those things. And he said he would pay him back. But you see, it was impossible for him to pay him back. Those 10,000 bags of gold were 10,000 talents. One talent is 20 years of a day laborer's wages. Y'all follow me with that. Let's do a little math on that. That's 200,000 years of work that this particular servant owed the king. Now, I think it's safe to say, oh boy, probably ain't going to pay that back. But just imagine, I don't know, a lot of our biggest debt is our homes. Just imagine if your mortgage company or, or maybe some college students, maybe your student loans. Or maybe a car payment if you got a car payment. Just imagine the mortgage company called you up one day and they said, Hey, it's time to settle. And you're haunted and you're like, I'm trying to play a video game. I ain't got time for this. Anyway, they say it's time to settle up. And let's just say it was $100,000. Well, you started explaining to them why you couldn't pay back. Or giving excuses and saying, No, I actually can pay back. And they say, Hey, look, no worries. You're forgiven. Your debt is forgiven. Now, wouldn't that be pretty cool? Now, look, if it was a hundred grand, I'm pretty sure that doesn't compare to 200,000 years of debt that this dude owed. Let's go a little further with the math. I'll use my iPhone 5 since I'm so cool. Let's just say in today's currency, you made $8 an hour. All right, times 40 hours a week. And we'll give them two off weeks during the year. So we'll work 50 weeks out of the year. That brings you to $16,000. Y'all know what's next. 
times 200,000. Sorry, I'm doing this left-handed. Now, that brings us to this. There you go, choir. 3.2 E plus 9. I have no idea what that means, but I will tell you this. If you take your phone and turn it sideways, it reveals it to you. 3.2 billion dollars. 3.2 billion dollars. I think it's safe to say he can't pay that back. Look, Jesus knew what he was doing when he taught this parable. He knew he was using such a ridiculously huge number that it was insane. And he knew that Peter would get it. That he would say, wow. And I think we can do the same this morning. Just imagine, though, how differently that servant might have approached the king if he knew beforehand that that king was going to say, oh, it's okay. Just because he asked him, he knew, excuse me. It's always awkward when the person speaking gets a drink of water. Sorry about that. He knew, what, what if he would have known that he was going to be forgiven? He would have approached him a lot differently. How do we approach God? And how can we approach him this morning? Now look, i got to be honest with you. Our debt has not been forgiven. Now before you leave, let me say that again. Our debt has not been forgiven. Folks, our debt has been paid. You see, somebody had to take our place. And that person was Jesus because it had to be a perfect person. And there's not another perfect person. God came to earth and took on human flesh so that he could take our place. That is grace in its finest. Now, this king expressed great gratitude. I'm sorry, great gracefulness showing that servant forgiveness. It's a whole lot more when God has shown it to us because of that sacrifice that had to take our place. God wouldn't like, oh, okay, I forgive you, I forgive you. He demanded that somebody take our place. I feel like sometimes we think just because God is God, it wouldn't that big of a deal for him to send a sacrifice. But I got to be honest with y'all. Mabry's down there in the nursery. I got a precious four-year-old daughter, and she is not dying for any of your sins. And I'm her father. It was a huge deal for God to send Jesus Christ, His only Son, His only perfect Son, to pay our debt. Not to forgive our debt, but to pay our debt. Thank you. God wants you to know that your debt has already been paid by His Son, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 28 with me. But the servant went out, and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay me back everything you owe me, he demanded. Now, you might be thinking that was a little much with me screaming, but there was a ball and bad in the text, so it gave me permission to do that. I would say explanation point, but I can't say that word. Now... The hundred silver coins were 100 denarii in the Greek. Now, one denarius was a day laborer's daily wage. So if we do a little more math, and we go with $8 an hour again for eight hours, you get 64 bucks a day. 
So let's just say that you could work that off with 100 days worth of work. That would be $6,400. It's a pretty good little chunk of money, ain't it? I might have choked a dude over $6,400 myself. I could get a killer Jeep right now for $6,400. All right, so anyway, let's go a little, go a little further there in uh, verse 29. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. Which, by the way, this time, he actually probably could have paid it back. I mean, think about it. A hundred days worth of work. Now, the other dude, there's no way he could have worked for 200,000 years to pay his debt. But this guy actually probably would, would have lived another hundred days, and he could work it off. But he refused. Instead, he went off, and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the, other servant, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers, to be tortured until he should repay all that he owed. Now, apparently this dude was going to spend the rest of his life in jail because I have no clue how he would be able to repay that. But see, folks, that is true forgiveness. When we are willing to just let something go and, and let it go, and when we receive huge forgiveness... We need to be able to extend forgiveness. That's your next thing in the notes. I told Eric I was pretty horrible at this note thing. But anyway, it's forgiving people forgive. You see, folks, unforgiveness does not fit in the life of a Christian. Forgiving people forgive. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to forgive. Maybe they're in this room. Maybe there's somebody you need to go to and ask to forgive you. I want to tell you today, I want to ask you today to do that. And I'm begging you to do that because it will free you up more than you ever know. I had to forgive a dude one time that had done something that affected my life in a major way. Major way. And I used to couldn't even talk about this joker until the Holy Spirit led me one day at the barbershop to forgive him. I tell you, man, it was, I can't explain it. It was literally the weight of this building that was lifted off of my shoulders. I mean, I was choking this guy just like that servant was. And you see how tight I had him, man? I wouldn't let him go. He didn't deserve my forgiveness, and I wasn't going to be the one to give it to him. But you see... The one that was in prison was the one that had the grip. It was me. But I want you to see what happens to your heart when you, when you let go a little bit. And you let go a little bit more and all of a sudden your arm starts to relax and it makes its way to your heart. And your heart softens up a little bit. And guess what? Then God can clearly speak to you when He needs to. It's a little... It's a tough one to talk about still just because, you know, we're human and we don't fully forget. But, folks, I'm begging you. If there's somebody, somebody that you need to forgive, I want you to do that today. I think it would be an amazing, amazing picture of heaven if that person was in this room and you went and grabbed them.
and you repented to them right in front of everybody else that's in God's kingdom so we could witness that. Well, Adam, I'm worried about what everybody might think, and everybody want to know what it is. Notice, I didn't tell you what my situation was. I also want to free you from the pressure of what if I can't get in contact with that person? Or what if I'm scared of that person, uh, really scared for my life? What if you can't get in touch with them? That's fine. I did not contact that man at all. But I forgave him from my heart. And I want to tell you, it was not until that point that I accepted my call to ministry. Now, folks, this has been a huge deal for me and Crystal and the rest of my family. And maybe it's not you're being called to ministry, but maybe it's something else because God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. Maybe you got something between you and God that you need to let go to where He can fully help you see clearly what you need to be doing. And I want to ask you this morning if that might be unforgiveness. You might be struggling around with figuring out who it is that you need to forgive. Maybe God's put somebody on your heart and you know who it is and you already got plans to call them this afternoon and I want you to stay fired up about it. And if you're not fired up about it, call me. Wake me up from my nap and I will help you, man. I will encourage you as much as possible. But I got to tell you, sometimes we struggle to figure out who that person is because that person might be yourself. You see, folks, we deal with that. We're humans. We deal with forgiving ourselves. Man, I've done way more stupid stuff than y'all. That is a fact. I promise you. I promise you. Forgive yourself. You see, because when something's between you and God, you cannot hear Him like you should. I lied to a friend one time. Man, it jacked our relationship up for about three months. About three months. And when I apologized, that person that just loved Jesus so much, man, they, they accepted my apology. My biggest fear was that it would block our relationship and it would just be ruined forever. But they accepted my apology. Satan is the one telling you that they're not going to accept it. I promise you, God will honor it. When you go to Him and it's heartfelt, God will honor what you might be dealing with. Let's see what Jesus says in the last verse of this parable. Verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. You see, God has shown His grace in so many ways that it is insane. And you might be saying, Adam, not me, man. My life's horrible. Really? What about that car out in the parking lot? Oh, you don't have a car? What about your house? Oh, you don't have a house? That's cool, because your Savior didn't either. Jesus was homeless. But you know what? He still knew His Father's grace. And I'm telling you, He has shown it to us in so many ways. We, we all have clothes on. I got some pretty amazing pants on, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I do. Thank you, Crystal. But I'm being serious. I mean... We got clothes on. We're all sharing the same air right now. That's going to freak some of you germ freaks out. <laughs> Abby. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm serious, man. He has shown his grace in so many ways. What's in that box? <laughs> what is in that box? I know y'all were wondering. What is in that box? Let's have a look. 
nothing. You see, God hasn't revealed His grace to us with two beautiful men walking down an aisle bringing a box up here with something fancy and special in it. He doesn't reveal His grace to us with a lightning bolt that comes down from heaven and it's got scrolls on it. I like to think it would have three scrolls on it if it had them. And they roll out and it's just a list of ways that God has shown His grace to us. It don't always work that way. You see, folks, He's shown it to us in so many ways that it's insane. And it's right in front of your eyes, usually the whole entire time. You see, folks, God has poured His grace out on us. And the greatest example of that is through the forgiving blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe He's revealed to you today that you don't have that relationship, that you want that relationship. In just a moment, we're going to have some people up front that would love to talk to you about that. Maybe you need to pray with somebody about unforgiveness that's in your heart. We're going to have some people that will do that. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just take it to the Lord. There's nothing super... Well, actually, I was about to lie to you. I can't do that. There is something super special about seeing people come to the altar, I think. It works on all of our hearts. It softens up all of our hearts. You see, when I forgave that guy that did those horrible things to me, it didn't didn't affect my life as much as it did the rest of my family. Unforgiveness cannot last in the heart of a believer. If you've been holding on to it, man, today is the day to let it go. The Holy Spirit revealed it to me when I wasn't even thinking about it. It just hit me at the barbershop. I was back there at my desk reading a book. Didn't even have anything to do with forgiveness. But maybe he's told you in a different way, and maybe he's done it through some goofy guy talking. I just ask that you respond to the Lord if he has spoke to you this morning. The band and Eric's going to make their way up. Maybe a quick little message, but I get cotton mouth and run out of things to say. I'm just joking. But I just want to ask you, if Jesus has spoke to you this morning, and I just want to encourage you to maybe do something about it if he has.